Welcome to season two, episode one. Are we doing one or are we doing, I don't even know what number. I don't know. What number Like, do we want to consider it seasons or it'll be like, we are back from our break. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. I think I just thought seasons because when we upload it, you have to put what season you're on. I guess we we could could do back from our break. I don't care. I mean, we, we came back from holiday break. For our no. four listeners. <laughs> <laughs> One of whom is my faithful brother. <laughs> yeah, he, he gives us notes. <laughs> hey! <laughs> he also sent me today's book. <laughs> As a Christmas present. And it is a good one. A really okay. good one. I'm really excited to my passages. I found them about 40 minutes before we started recording. Same. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Literary Laughing. We know our structure. Our structure is that we read two passages to each other, and then we're choosing, somebody's choosing a number still, or no? No, we read one passage, then we read the back of the book, then we describe the front, then we read a second passage, then we read the last page. Yes. With endless discussion between, endless. Oh, mine has author's notes, I didn't even know that. Well, I do have to say, I was telling my partner the premise of my book, and he was dying. He was just like, wait, what? And then I showed him the cover, and he just lost it. He said, this is the perfect book. So, it is approved. I don't remember who goes first, so I just think whomever. How do you want to do it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're approved. I was getting distracted by reading my About the Author. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. It is okay. We're a prep detailed podcast for those just tuning in for the We're first totally time. Totally prepped. Totally. We um, prep as hard as D students in an English class. D? I don't know about that. C plus? I feel with our discussion abilities, we would at least get a B plus. Oh, it depends on the, like, on the teacher or the professor. If they realize half of it is BS, then they'll be like, we see what happened. It's a B minus. <laughs> okay. So, Laura, are you? Oh, I'm Amy. And I'm Laura. <laughs> and welcome to Literary Laughing again. <laughs> We don't know what episode we're on. We think it's still the first season. We've obviously been on our seasonal break. Yes. Happy holidays to everyone. <laughs> we're, we're so glad to be back. <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll well. We'll off too, because Laura's now going to have to edit like 20 minutes of us talking about random things. It's okay. Yeah. Click, 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 click. There, I'll be able to find the place. Okay. Okay. That, that's what our um, podcasting book told us to do. I think I'll just jump in and start reading, huh? <laughs> you go ahead and you start reading, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I, Laura, shall read to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a drink of water to moisten my throat first. Moist is such a polarizing word. I have to 
say I have this book that I've been working on for the past two months, trying to find a second reading in. Mm-hmm. It's not this book. Yeah. This book was really easy to find readings in. And I don't want to buckle down and read this book, but mm-hmm. I think I have to. And I think I basically have done it just in such disjointed parts and not all at mm-hmm. once. So I haven't been able to find a reading, but I think if I actually settle down and read it, I would find a reading. And the cover is gold. The premise is gold. The first reading I had is gold. It's just that second one that I can't get. Do you just want the word moist to be in that second reading very badly or something? (laughs) No. No. Okay. All right. I shall begin. Okay. You lie on a bed in a hotel room. You are naked. You are rigid. Nobody cares. Nobody will help you. Therefore, you go to sleep. The effect was as sudden and devastating as mainlining gasoline. His breath came in shattering barks. His hands fluttered. His legs kicked. His whole bones twisted in the elastic prison of his muscles. Air swooped in his lungs. Then his nose bloomed with odors, the plastic stench of the drapes, fungus from the air conditioner filter, the body-ridden bed. This room seemed no longer slick and clean, but rather a dark, thick din swarming with the leftover flakes of a thousand lonely men. His hands worked in the air, his fingers seemed dull and stubbed, and he felt streaming out behind him a hot dagger of nerves. He tried to touch his face, awful thick nails came up, he groaned, which was a coarse inarticulation. He was full of aches and newness. A leg trampled air, and when he attempted rising, he fluttered and fell in the bed, unable to make himself work right. His legs skittered on the sheets. Oddly, his hands wanted to work with them. What was he trying to do, crawl? In his extremity, he cried aloud, a sound as high as the air brakes on a truck. Jesus, was this a stroke? Get it together. He scrambled, he flopped. What the hell was happening? He was out of control here with every muscle. With every ounce of his strength, he strove to quiet his heaving body. This was grotesque. He struggled, at least for order, for power over the wild, twisting gyrations. But his struggles didn't help. As if powered by another soul, his body leaped up, jumping further than he had ever jumped before, soaring all the way from the bed to the window. He hit the ceiling and fell, grabbing at the curtains which collapsed around him. He crouched in their folds, burning in his mind was an image that he had seen as he leaped. A great beast in the mirror, its front paws outstretched, its tail soaring behind. Experimentally, he tried to feel for the tail. No luck. His arms didn't go back that far anymore. All right. He tried a little hip action. Behind him, he heard the thud, thud of something hitting the floor. He felt the weight of it and the air tickling its fur. Do not move. This could only be one of two things, complete psychosis or really bizarre stroke. What if he was one of those stroke victims who just sit and stare and say nothing, locked forever in the deep universes of fantasy? Or he might be the kind of psychotic who is so unruly he must be abandoned to the violent ward. He is the one so out of it that his care packages from home will always be stolen by the orderlies. It was damn sad. He started to cry again, but stifled himself when he heard the whines. How could he even talk to Cindy? How could he discuss Kafka with his son or play chess and strategio with him, given the apparent presence of pause? Could he even think anymore? This room smelled like cigars, cigarettes, pipe tobacco, perfume, and human sweat. He raised his head. Something was slipping through the brush nearby. His immediate reaction was immense relief. 
There was brush nearby. This must be a dream after all, because there was no brush in hotel bedrooms. All right, then, let it roll. A man was coming through the brush. Bob cocked his ears, heard the man breathing, heard him muttering, smelled alcohol in his breath. He did not smell the steel of the gun, only leather and cloth and sodden skin. The man was singing to himself as he put up plastic markers in the sodden ground. Clouds of mosquitoes swarmed around him, and from time to time he groaned and made a swipe with his arm. He was the real estate salesman from the bar, and this was the land he was selling. The plastic markers went flying as he made a lunge at the mosquitoes. He took out a can of insect repellent and sprayed the bugs. All right, you bastards, live with yourselves. I am not in eastern Canada, and I don't have the ability to smell the vodka and tonic separately on a man's breath. No, I am alone in a hotel room. I am not in the woods with this repellent old salesman. I do not have long teeth. Granny, I do not have big eyes. This isn't stroke or psychosis. It is one mega dream. I am in the Weston Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, room 403. I have a view down Peach Street, which I cannot see because no matter how my dream makes them look, the curtains are in fact closed. He heard the air conditioner hissing, felt the air brushing his fur. A sound from the hall made him snort. From the doorway there came a knock, another. Then the door made a clicking sound. A woman hurried into the room, elderly in a gray uniform with a white apron. Turn down service, sir, a grunt. The lights went on. What? What? The curtains! In the mirror that covered the wall behind the dresser, Bob saw a large dog or wolf standing on the bed staring at the mirror. Startled, he cried aloud. The animal reared back, its barking filled the room. Its hackles raised, its teeth bared. Oh no, no pets allowed! The maid threw all of her mints in the air and jumped back, falling over her cart full of sheets and towels and little bottles of body shampoo. Bob's difficulty was that he could not find himself in the mirror. Did nightmares have reflections? This had to end soon. Dream or not, he could still see the mints on the floor. Since he was not a wolf, what had she seen and run off to report? Had he exposed himself to her? Would the vice squad soon be here, ready to take him in, scare him good, and send him home to a furious wife? Really, Bob, if you wanted to try it with strangers, why not just call an escort service? Then the diminished relationship, 15 years of loyalty lost to a bad dream. The maid left her cart overturned in the hall. Bob moved awkwardly, trying to keep all four limbs coordinated, went out and sniffed one of the slowly turning wheels. There was a click behind him. He didn't need to look. Of course, the unseen hand of the nightmare had closed the door. He sniffed the handle, smelling the strong odor of the maid's hand, a mix of sour skin smell, cigarettes, mints, and body shampoo. He shrank back, thinking that he really couldn't handle sniffing a doorknob. This was part of the perfection of that illusion that he had just automatically done that instead of trying to open the door. He thought, probably I only feel like this. What I actually look like is a naked man sniffing a doorknob. I've got to stifle this peculiar behavior. I decided to dislike him when he was upset about not being able to discuss Kafka. <laughs> of all the things. What um, is Kafka? I don't even know. Kafka, he's um, he's a Russian artist. Um, artist. He's a Russian um, writer. Okay. Yeah, he wrote the Metamorphosis. Ah. Yeah. Uh, about the guy that turns into a bug, a cockroach. Do people throw apples at this wolf? Did the author just completely decide to make a werewolf Kafka? The Metamorphosis here. We do the metamorphosis. The guy wakes up as a cockroach. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, actually, I know about it, but I've never read it. Yeah. And then like uh, apples get stuck in his back and English major. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I always wonder what I was going to do with it. And here we go. That makes sense because later on in the book, he references metamorphosis a few times. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. So he's this author likes Kafka a lot. And I can tell because there's so much time stuck in his head. What should I do in this situation? Oh, my life. Oh. It was also written in like, oh, hmm. 1991. I thought it was written in the 70s based on the cover. 1991 works. Let me read to you from the back. Yes. Wolf dreams. Bob Duke dreamed of becoming a wolf, of running free on four strong legs, howling, stalking, living with nature in nature. Mm-hmm. Then his dream came true and threatened to become a nightmare. Bob's wife and son vowed to restore his humanity, but even if they can find him, a man-wolf loose in the concrete forests of Manhattan, will he even want to become human again? Once set free, no cage can hold back the wild. This book is called The Wild, and the little tagline is, no one can resist the call, dot, dot, dot. It's by Whitley Stryber. Okay. And the picture on the front, it's a black cover with a red band. And then the red band is a naked man slowly uh, morphing into a wolf. Wow. That's 1991 with that like neon pink. Wait, back it up a little bit. I like how even like the print is so 90s. Oh, good. I guess it is now that I look at it. But the pages are that kind of older page look. So I just feel like they're like a manila color and not a white. So it just means it's worn. True. Okay, I'm going to open up my water really quick. So the premise of this book... Well, let me see if he talks about it in the passage that I was going to read. It's a midlife crisis. Yes. Basically, uh-huh. it's a midlife crisis. I'll read this passage to you, and then it kind of explains it, and then I, I can talk more about it. Uh-huh. Amy's All got right. two hands inside of her mouth right now. <laughs> Aren't you glad that you got Invisalign so you can relive your, like, teeth days of college? I just wish I actually kept, I got a new retainer after I worn down my other one because I got rid of my retainer because I was grinding my teeth during grad school. Wow. (laughs) Okay. This is not an ad for Invisalign until you pay us. Yes. Uh, I will talk with my list. (laughs) (laughs) Second reading. (laughs) Ring, please. Ring, oh, please. Ring. Monica, thank God you're home. Who is this? Bob, I need help. Are you hurt? No, Monica, I'm changing, I swear. You sound like you've got a mouthful of Brillo or something. I swear my whole body, Monica. It isn't a psychological problem, it's real. I've got to have help. Can you come to my office? Please, I don't think I can get out of the apartment. 
Is Cindy there? They're both here and a little friend of Kevin's. Give me 10 minutes, Bob. She hung up. He slumped over the phone, breathing deeply, trying for control, clutching his chest, huddling in on himself. Evening light gathered to waltz time from Kevin's room. Bob crept into the darkest corner he could find, the coat closet. His body gave itself to its rebirth. He wrenched and quivered, saw waves passing through his muscles, felt the grinding reorganization of his bones. His organs seemed to have become detached from their moorings. They swooped on cold comet tracks down new paths inside him, freezing and burning at the same time, while he gasped and gargled, trying not to scream. Tales from the Vienna woods gave way to the acceleration waltz and the pop of a bottle of fizzy apple juice. Bob stared at the faint light coming under the door of the coat closet. He darted his eyes toward the rustling sound of movements. Cindy was coming down the hall. Now she was in the living room. Bob? He pressed back against the wall. The smell of the overcoats filled his nose. His own coat smelled of moldy money. Perhaps that $10 he had lost had worked its way down into the lining. There was a faint aroma of Paco Raban coming from Cindy's coat. Either she had taken to using it or had walked arm in arm with a man who did. Did Monica's husband use it? That or Aramis? Bob did not care for fragrances on his own body. His ears followed Cindy as she came to the center of the room. The light increased. She had turned on the lamp over by the TV. Bob? The downstairs buzzer sounded, blasting the silence in the closet, making Bob chortle out in an involuntary growl of surprise. Cindy came across the room, lifting the receiver of the intercom. Yes? Sin, it's me. Oh, Monica, come in. A few moments later, they embraced with swishes and a ripple of ginger kissing. What is ginger kissing? Like a cheek to cheek. Why is it ginger? Maybe it's supposed to be like gingerly. All right, oh, let's maybe. look it up so it's not like that other time where we're like <laughs> Brazier? <laughs> is that Brazier? <laughs> Ginger kisses? Oh, it, it's no, it's, I'm just bringing me up cookies. <laughs> Well, maybe there was a ripple of ginger cookies. All right, let's see. How is it spelled? Is it spelled like ginger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make something more lively? Um, maybe they're both redheads. Maybe. Mm. I've never heard Ginger using as to a uh, spirit or metal. It's a noun version of ginger. Um, ginger Maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll just continue. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't understand this at all. At all, if I find something, I'll let you know. Okay. A few moments later, they embraced with swishes and a ripple of ginger kissing. Why did you come? He phoned. Where is he? I think he went out. Light burst into his eyes. There stood Cindy holding Monica's airy mink. She dropped the coat. Bob, oh my God. Monica appeared a dark mask before the light. She squatted down, reached in and took his face in warm, firm hands. She drew him out into the blinking light. The waltz music had stopped. Briefly, his eyes met his son's, the boy standing at the far end of the room. Is this for real? His playmate asked. Kafka, Kevin said. It's the metamorphosis. 
There you go. <laughs> Look at his teeth. Cindy's voice was analytical, the tone of someone so fascinated that for a moment they'd forgotten to be upset. Then she fully realized what she was seeing, signified by the fact that her skin went to corpse gray. He tried to raise his arm to touch what he sensed as a numb disfigurement of his lower face. His right arm shot out before him. It was short and the sleeve of his shirt drooping around it. The fist at the end of it was so tight. It felt that it had been strapped to itself with cord. His palm was hot, his finger joints oozing red pain. It's hysterical reaction, Monica said crisply. Get him onto the floor, get his clothes off. We've got to massage those limbs before he loses his circulation. What do you mean a hysterical reaction? Look at him, he's oh, Bob, oh, my baby. The body can do wonders. You wouldn't believe what some patients look like, especially when they... <laughs> especially from the east indians you'd swear they'd half turned into monkeys the way they contort themselves is nothing that modern psychiatry can't handle that much i can assure you a few months on a thorazine drip a course of electroshock and he'll seem fine wow okay racist and pushing drugs lovely <laughs> i found a book called ginger kisses i have to tell you about after this okay <laughs> <laughs> months we have no money he can't go into the hospital he has work i'm sorry this is a classic case of avoidance he can't handle his problems can't face his responsibilities it's a fortress mentality mother his teeth are actually growing he heard all of this with absolute clarity as monica and cynthia undressed him through eyes that had gone vague colors and shades of gray he watched his son and the little girl stand hand in hand at his feet don't cry kevin i'm gonna Kevin clapped his hands over his ears. He sounds like a dog. Rub, Cindy. Their fingers raced along his arms and legs, raced and kneaded. Within his limbs, there was a continuous churning, and it was getting worse. He delivered himself to their efforts, but it was no good, not really. He was slipping, sliding through their fingers. His wife's hands were soft and cool and dry. Monica's damp and warm. Their manipulations were beautiful agony. Yeah, it just goes on and on with them rubbing him. Anyways. <laughs> And him describing how it feels to be rubbed. Yes, they're like describing the rubbing and then it's just more of him contorting and his family reacting. And Interesting. Them trying to tell the little boy that he's wearing a, a wolf rug. <laughs> he ends up running away. So he ends up running away. I'll just tell you. Yeah. He runs away. They chase after him. The news is involved, blah, blah, blah. He escapes out into the wilderness, mm-hmm. tries to join this wolf pack, and they titillate him sexually. And um, he, it's a little scarring. I'm not going to go into detail. He ends up doing that a couple of times because he enjoys it so much. Like, being passed from wolf to wolf as they try to discover where he is in their ranks. And then finally he ends up because the alpha female is in heat. He stalks her down and tries to assault her while she's like peeing on a tree or something. And the alpha male comes out and attacks him and they get into a fight and he beats him. So then he has glorious sex with the alpha female. Cause he's now the alpha male. Mm-hmm. and they have cubs and fast forward a little bit she's had the cubs 
I don't know how long time has passed, but they're hunting and they start getting shot at. And then as the hunters are closing in, a snowmobile pulls up in front of them and an Indian jumps off and is like, you stop. Wolves are sacred and I am the last Indian of this land and these are my wolves and you cannot hunt them. And then his wife and children kind of show up or child and it's kind of awkward because he's got his mate and cubs and his wife and kid and then his wife kind of lets him go and he goes into the forest and that's kind of the end. (laughs) Yes. As as retold by crisis. No, it's about a man that had a midlife crisis and decides to leave his family. And then he finds somebody else, has a whole new family. And when his old family comes, they go, oh, we see that you're happy. And then he goes off with them. Yep. But they disguise this whole thing as he's in a wolf form. So I forgot to say this near the beginning of the book or at some point, he was in San Antonio, Texas at the zoo Uh and that's where he saw a Texas wolf. And that's where this dream came from of if I were a wolf, my life would be better. Mm. So that's probably when he met the other woman. Probably. She was looking at the wolf and going, if I mated with a wolf, my life would be better. Oh, so that is a hot mess thank you to my brother for finding and sending this book to me yeah that that is a hot mess book with a lot of undertone I mean I knew that I wouldn't like the character when he was like I talk about Kafka with my little boy who does that no wonder little boy is obviously quite young I know and for him to be like it's metamorphosis are you kidding? Uh-uh. That's such I know there's gonna be Kafka fans that are riling up right now. And if you wanted to defend Kafka to us, you can send us an email. You can find us at literarylaughing at gmail.com. I will love to read your emails and disagree with you wholeheartedly, but that is why this is literature. Yes. I'm getting all riled up about Kafka. It's okay. I'm going to send you a screenshot of this page where he gets all riled up from the email. Okay. So I looked up Ginger Kisses. That's a book by Gianna Holmes. And I'm just going to read to you what this book, they say this book is about from Goodreads. Please do. Okay, the sweetest little and his dotting daddy. 875 miles and one year of college keeping them apart. <laughs> the look on your face right now. Colin I'm very has expectant. The most awesome daddy that any little could ever want. But there's one problem. Daddy has to move away to a new state. The only thing standing in his way of joining daddy is finishing up his last year of college. Will Colin be able to survive the infrequent flights between them? Frank's lucky enough that his much younger boyfriend still wants him to be his daddy, even in a long distance relationship. Now all Frank has to do is find creative ways of engaging Colin's little side virtually. Will he be able to 
pull off being a caregiver from almost a thousand miles away? Or will Collins Little require more than Frank can give? If you enjoy low angst age play with ABDL, daddy bears, and smart littles, you'll enjoy ginger kisses. Wow. Uh-huh. Oh, it was, okay. So this book was expanded from the original novella, which was published by Miss, for Miss Holmes newsletter subscribers. The full novel includes daddy's point of view and is more than twice the original word count. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think I want to read that book. This is a whole area that I don't understand. Same. Yeah. But if that's your thing. Go do your thing. I mean, I figured he could have just transferred colleges. It's a year. Sometimes it's too hard for people to think like that. But I guess it's a lot of hassle to transfer colleges. I guess you, you could also think about, like, it's only a year. In the grand scheme yeah. of things. If you can't survive a year apart, then what's the point? Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's the last page? Oh, oh wait. Yeah. He already told us the whole book, but let's still I read did. the last page where he walks off into the sunset. Not long after dawn, the Indian and the old man returned to the pine grove. He watched them in silence. There were tears on the Indian's face, but he would not meet Bob's eager eyes. Under God's heaven, he said, make something new in the world. Bob knew what was finally happening, knew the grandeur and the wonder of it. The spirit of the man had finished its ages-long journey through history, and it was finally returning to the wild from which it had come. But it was returning triumphant, bringing the gift of intellect with it. The two old men stood watching as the pack left. When they mounted a rise, Bob looked back. He saw their car creeping away like a beetle moving toward the Lightforth Bridge and mankind's old dark world. At last, Bob turned north. He bounded forward, taking his hard-earned place as third wolf. He followed his alphas deep in the freedom and safety of the wild. I guess he ended up fighting and not being alpha somewhere. Oh. Because he was alpha Um, for a while. I just read part of what you sent me as well. Um, this was who he ended up mating with. Yes. He tried to her. Yeah. And he does later oh in the book. Gosh. But then the whole, the whole tribe does that to him where they like hold him down and lick his penis, I guess. And he like is so into it. It's really weird. But then they talk about, I don't know if it's on the pages that I sent, where they're like, oh, wolves are like so aggressive, but also so sexual in everything they do. And I was like, wolves? Wolves? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was one of the parts I was going to read. And then I was like, I can't. No, that is disturbing. It's very disturbing. That is. And then, oh gosh. The things that have been able to get published never cease to amaze me mm-hmm. for that to be published and somebody could pick it up and be like I guess that's normal but you wouldn't if that was a human scenario that would not be considered okay but because we put it with yeah. animals maybe exactly so then it's fine mm-hmm. but like it's like with cat's paw cat's paw that book 
had a very similar scene and that was not considered okay. Mm-mm. No, this book, I was reading that part and I was like, oh, this is a great crazy part. And then I was like, oh, no, not this part. I feel dirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially since it's about animals. Like, I just feel like it's weird when people sexualize animals. Yeah. It's weird when, okay, when, when it's anything but adult women and men, even then, like I get a little bit weirded out, but anything but adult women and men, if anything else gets sexualized, I get weirded out. Yeah, because it is weird. Sex is something that should be be between adults. Mm -hmm. Like an adult is literally someone who's sexually mature. Yeah. All right. So, sorry, I'm trying to find the perfect spot to begin reading. Even at 14, oh, sorry. I'm going to start reading now. (laughs) Even at 14, she would have been independent and ingenious. Will asked, did you ever try to escape from school? I thought about it. A faint smile flickered over her lip. I really thought about it, but I had no place to go in England and no money. I couldn't possibly have made it here to San Gabriel, the only place likely to welcome me. So I endured. Were you ever told what your future held? The solicitor who took me to the school said I would be there until I was 18, at which point I could leave and I would be granted a modest but adequate quarterly allowance on the condition that I never tell anyone I was related to my father's family. Delilah and I had used the name Markham, which was in his family several generations back. There was no obvious connection to my father's family, so I was able to continue using the name. Generous of them, wasn't it? Will suppressed a strong urge to find out who her father was, so the man could be throttled. Your father should have been whipped. Members of the House of Lords wield the whips, she said dryly. They don't suffer under them. You can see why I'm not fond of peers of the realm. Both my grandfathers were lords. The one of my mother's side I never met at all. As a member of the House of Lords himself, Will said, not all lords are so dreadful. I went to school with some who are very good fellows. Then I hope they treat their bastard descendants better than my grandfathers did. Your own brother would not have fared well if not for you. But enough of that, Athena made a dismissive gesture. It's time for you to bear your soul and do some more suffering. What are the three worst things that have happened to you? The loss of your wife is surely on the list. What about the loss of your mother? Your father? She was right. The night cut both ways, but it was time for him to speak of things he had long buried. The siege, the siege of Badajoz, the Badajoz would make the list of most dreadful things for anyone who was there but that's a broadly shared horror. Perhaps we need a separate category for such terrors. Having lived here for the war years, surely you have similar memories. I think that was Tim. Whoops, markers, people. I don't know which voice I should be living, working in here. Oh, that was him. I'll read that again. <laughs> I feel like some books are really confusing and whose voices are whose. Mm-hmm. The siege of Badajoz would make the list of most dreadful things for anyone who was there, but that's a broadly shaped horror. Perhaps we need a separate category for such terrors. Having lived here for the war years, surely you have similar memories. She made a face. Not so bad as Badajoz, Badajoz, but bad enough. Another day, perhaps. I'm more interested in what personal trials have tempered you. I dislike ranking tragedies, he said slowly. Losing Lily and our son was certainly the first great tragedy of my life and the event that most changed my life, but it 
If she hadn't died, I never would have joined the army. Living in England and raising a family would have been such a very different path from the one you're on, she mused, her gaze assessing. I have heard the tales of mud and slaughter and horror. The Peninsular Wars have been brutal. Do you regret walking this path? He had not really thought of his life in terms of the path taken versus the one ended by tragedy. I do not regret the army, he said, his brow furrowed. I feel as if I've contributed to a worthy goal and I've made strong friendships, but I'm ready for a change. The peacetime army would be deucedly boring. Then it's good you're on your way home, she cocked her head to one side. What is another of your worst experiences? Wow, what a conversationalist. I know. (laughs) I'm going to have to tuck these into my back pocket for when I don't know what else to talk about. Tell me about the worst thing that ever happened to you. Why do you go to therapy? Ready? You ready for it? This is another thing for him. When I read the news that my brother Mac had died in London, Will halted remembering the numbness that dissolved into a tidal wave of pain when he read the fatal words. I was visiting my friend Ballard in Porto on the way home to England when I saw the notice of Mac's death in a London newspaper that had just arrived. I'm so sorry, she said, her golden hazel eyes warm with compassion, then her brow froze. From the way you spoke of him, I thought he was still alive. He is. His death was misreported, and finding him alive when I returned to England was the greatest happiness of my life. Wow, what a great roller coaster of emotions he goes on. Will said simply, that didn't mean my grief hadn't happened, but at least it ended quickly. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tragedies with happy endings are the best kind, but sadly rare. Athena looked a little wistful before continuing. What else would you put on your painful experiences list? he sighed neither of their deaths caused me more than a brief dutiful twinge of regret i didn't really miss them when they were gone because i didn't see a great deal of either my mother was frail and my father was busy with his own interests he had a reliable heir but he wasn't much interested in me as an individual That is a tragedy of another sort, but I do understand. If I someday hear that my father has died, I would feel nothing because I don't know him. Her voice turned dry. At least I knew nothing good of him. It's possible his legitimate children adore him. Equally equally possible they don't, since he sounds like an unpleasant fellow. A thought struck Will. Would you like to meet other members of your parents' families? Surely they aren't all bigots. Your half-brothers and sisters must be around your age, and perhaps they have cousins on your mother's side. They might like to know you. No, Athena said sharply. I don't need more people who wish I'd never been born. I. She reached for her hat, which she'd hung on in one end of the bench. I think we've had quite enough harrowing questioning for one day. Do you really think there is a value to this mutual bearing of souls? He studied her face, seeing a strong, capable woman who had learned to play the difficult cards life had dealt her, but in her eyes were shadows of the injured child she had been, and the vulnerability called to him powerfully. Yes, there is value. I feel I know you much better than I did when we stopped here to eat, and I'm glad for that, but I realize you might not feel the same, he smiled ruefully. I'm rather afraid to ask. She bit her lip as she stared back. I do know you better, 
end. I think I'm glad of that, even if we can never be more than friends. He thought of saying that whether they might be more than friends remained to be seen, but he didn't want her to retreat. Instead, he said, surely friends can hug each other. Surely friends can hug each other. He stepped forward and drew her, drew here. What's happening? This is such an awkward book. He stepped forward and drew her into a gentle embrace. She stepped in for a moment, then exhaled and, and relaxed into his arms. She was lean, strength, and soft, feminine curves, and she fit against him perfectly. A hug is a very fine thing, she murmured. You're a very good size for hugging. Wow. My thoughts exactly. If I were to kiss you, I don't think I'd have to bend over much at all. He demonstrated, and her lips were soft and willing under his. He was not surprised when passion stirred, and he was prepared to tamp it down. Only a fool would have recognized that Athena wouldn't need a gentle wooing. She was rare and special, unlike any woman he ever met. And the real surprise was the sense of peace he felt in her arms, a powerful, as powerful as passion. Already he was thinking of that forbidden fifth category of marriage. And if it took time to bring her around to his way of thinking, well, he was a patient man. For now, it was enough to be holding her. Eventually, she sighed and stepped away, gently to indicate that she was not regretting that quiet kiss. Now what, Major Masterson? She used his ring to distance herself, but her hazel eyes were molten gold when Will smiled down into them. We finish our tour of San Gabriel and return to Castello Blanco, where we will discuss my suggestions with Princess Sophia, if she agrees. She will, Athena assured him. She will probably fall on her knees and offer up prayers of thanks. That will not be necessary, he said firmly. Assuming she agrees, I will write a letter this evening to Justin Ballard in Porto and tell him what we need, and the sooner the better. Will laughed happily with the world in the future, and then, my dear girl, I will build you a bridge. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say because there are so many things that we could talk about. What is Where the would you like to start? Ever happened to you? What's the worst thing? I. It sounds like they've just recently met, but I'd hate to assume that based on their interactions and their choice of conversation topics. I think they've kind of like been in passing a little bit, and now she's giving him a tour. Um, because there's a bunch of conversations between them. No, no, no. She is taking a tour of his worst and best life experiences. No, no. She's also giving him a tour of the area. No, I know. I was joking. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. All right. Read me the back of this book. Um, it's actually in the front cover of the book. Oh, Amy. What is I know. The the top says rogues redeemed. (laughs) Yes. Ah. (laughs) As heir to a title, to a title and great wealth, Will Masterson should have stayed home and tended his responsibilities. Instead, he went to war. Now, after perilous years fighting the French, he intends his current mission to be his last. 
but all his plans are forgotten when he arrives in the small mountain stronghold of San Gabriel and meets her. Knowing herself to be too tall, strong, and unconventional to appeal to a man, Athena Markham has always gloried in her independence. But for the first time in her life, she finds a man who might be her match. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait, it, it, one more. Two of a kind, too brave for their own good. Athena and Will vow to do whatever it takes to vanquish San Gabriel's enemies, for neither will back down from death, and only together can they find happiness and a love deeper than any they dared imagine. My heart! I know! So the cover is of a brunette woman with curly hair and a nice little understated updo and she has like a little smirk in her eyes of course mm -hmm. i have oh gosh what's her name she was in oh the oh who was in thor and played the sister thor's sister kate blanchett sister, yeah kate blanchett right was that mm -hmm. kate blanchett or am i off no, I think it was. So she has this like Kate Blanchett look to her mm -hmm. face from like here up and has that like look in her eyes as well. That, that's the best way I could describe it. And she's in a yellow dress that's very billowy and she's holding a sword out to somebody. Come take this sword and fight for me. Oh, not at them. No, no, no. She's holding that. Yeah, she's holding it out. So, like, she's holding onto the blade and putting it out so they can grab it. That's brave. Mm hmm. Mm, she does look kind of spicy. Yeah, you see that Kate Blanchett look? Maybe what it's is just... this book called? This book is called Once a, Sh Once a Soldier. And it's part of the Rogues Redeemed series. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once a Soldier. By Rogues. I feel like you need to like trill that a little bit. Once a soldier. Rogues Redeemed. Rogues Redeemed. Um, so Mary Jo Putney is a best-selling author. She's written over 60 novels and novellas. She's a Romance Writers of America, 10-time um, finalist for that. And the, oh yeah, the Rita, which we've read about from somebody else as well. And she was, award, in 2000, 2013, she was awarded the RWA Nora Roberts Lifetime Achievement Award, which just to me sounds like a big deal. Yeah, a lifetime achievement. That sounds like a pretty big deal. And named after Nora Roberts? Come on. And this was published in 2016. So it's decently new. But I caught a typo in it. It said here instead of her. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Email them and send them your own book pitch at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is for the later episodes for season three Lara and I are going to talk about our ultimate romance novel that we will be writing 
<laughs> you yes, <imagine>? please. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's late. I'm tired. I'm feeling slightly. We would write an amazing romance novel at this point. With, yes. With, with some sci-fi. With some shapeshifters. <laughs> yes. A shifter romance novel. But they've got to be British. A duke. A duke. A duke. A duke shifter. With a sassy female lead who's just like, doesn't have a lot of money, but has a lot of personality. Yeah. And she wants, and she likes to read a lot. Oh, that's a twist I've never heard. I've never heard of this before. Oh, and she's too tall. She also is like weirdly strong, but kind of graceful, like a, like a horse and people normally aren't attracted to that, but the, the guy could be for some reason. For the first time, just because he saw her teeth. (laughs) But he really likes coffee. So she kind of has to get over that part. He, he smells like coffee. He's he's an American shifter brought over to England because the rest have left. He's part of the great dragon dynasty. Yes. But he also fought like the French and Indian Wars or something just to, you know, mm-hmm. give him a little bit of. And he comes back and there he accidentally finds his long lost love that he thought ran away. But she's not a dragon plot twist. No, she's not. They just met. <gasps> while waiting for the boat (laughs) he tried to help her he accidentally pushed her in he had to jump in and save her and it was really scary because dragons really don't swim yeah even when he shifted and then she thought he was was really afraid also because he was like the shark shifters don't want me to be here (laughs) (laughs) but he smelled her the way he tracked her was he smelled her scent in the water and he was like yeah mate afraid that the shark shifters would smell her as well and want her for their mate so that's why he really had a hurry yes i feel like we should do a whole episode on our book (laughs) we can bring a list of ideas (laughs) i think that we literally just started writing a book out of nothing not nothing that was quite a bit of something yeah i mean it it really could turn into a trilogy A trilogy. I'm thinking nine books at least. 900 pages each. 65 chapters. 30 page sex scenes. We have, I have ideas for maps, languages, family trees. We get to write out the dragon shifter language? Yes. Piss. Piss and are two totally different words. Uh, I think they're the same word with a different accent. One no, no, no. Like... It means totally different things. It's kind of like, it's almost tonal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And this is how we became friends. <laughs> Again. Yes. Okay. Um, we are totally copywriting that. So please don't take Nobody our awesome steal our ideas. novel. Nobody steal our ideas. <laughs> okay all right i will start reading the next part please read to me from that boring book because ours is so much more exciting readers are going to be like what is this oatmeal you're trying to feed us when oatmeal made with water and nothing else i should say because i love oatmeal (laughs) when there's like this gourmet dish of lara's normal oatmeal that we've just been eating from 
Oh my goodness. Sweet, All right, here we go. Savory date. <laughs> okay. A wide swath of moonlight splashed across the bed, limning, limning, what is that? Okay, limning Will's bare, powerful torso <laughs> with silver light. He lay on his side, one arm over a pillow and the lower part of his body covered by a blanket. Will? He came awake instantly. Athena, what's wrong? He pushed himself up to a sitting position. As the blanket slid lower, it was obvious that he was quite gloriously naked. It's too quiet to be the French invasion come early. Her lips twisted ruefully. A different kind of invasion. She stepped forward wow. into the moonlight, wishing she had a tenth of her mother's lure. We could easily have been killed on the trail, on the trail, and made me recognize how foolish my doubts and fears are. I discovered that I don't want to die without, without sharing your bed, her voice faltered. That is, if you still want me, I wouldn't blame you if you'd lost interest. Want you, his smile lit up the room as he extended his hand. My dear girl, I can't imagine a day when I won't want you. Come to me. <laughs> it's the my dear girl part that gets me. Like, yes. Me too. You can say like my lady or something. My dear girl makes her sound juvenile. Yes. Or just that you're over her in some way. Yeah. Hopefully just your age gap is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It keeps going though. So <laughs> as you fan yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it keeps going. Woo. <laughs> Here we go. Not as spicy as dragons, I just want to say, <laughs> but go ahead. Weak with relief, she stepped forward and clasped his hand with her shaking fingers. Unsure what he believed about her, she said uncertainly. I'm not a virgin. Neither am I. He pulled her down onto the bed and embraced her, his arms enfolding her with strength and tenderness. Please tell me this isn't a dream. He buried his face in her loose waves of hair, of her hair, his warm breath teasing her throat. No, if it is a dream, don't tell me. I don't want it to end. She laughed a little, relaxing in his welcome. <laughs> this is real. You're very real. I have trouble remembering why I resisted you so intensely when I wanted you so much. From what you've said about your childhood, your doubts were understandable. He pulled back a little so he could study her face in the moonlight, his gaze probing. Danger has a way of stripping away lesser concerns, but when danger has passed, it's easy to regret actions taken with death seem imminent. imminent. I know that word. I just couldn't say it. It's easy to it's easy to regret actions taken with death seem imminent. If you think you might have regrets later, now is the time to retreat. His mouth twisted. I don't want you to go, but neither do I want you to have any regrets. The only regrets I'll have is that I've waited so long, she said honestly. Don't hold anything back, Will. His brow arched. Maybe you should clarify what you mean by that. With difficulty, she said. I told you that I would never want to bring an illegitimate child into the world, but I realized that I would, 
I want rather fiercely to have your baby. Her smile was self-mocking. In other words, I'm as selfish as my mother, though I think what she craved was any child, and I want only yours. That's unlikely when we have so little time, but I will rejoice if it happens. He sucked his breath in. That's the greatest compliment I've ever, I've ever received. If you're sure, I'm sure. Growing impatient, she rolled forward and pressed her lips to his. He responded as if she was a spark and he was tender. Athena, he breathed, goddess. Oh, that's the missing piece of our story. She's a goddess. Ooh. She's not a dragon. She's a goddess. <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> she's, from, she's from the goddess clan. Okay. <laughs> They're going to cross clans. Yes. Okay. He kissed her more deeply, drawing her against him so that their bodies pressed together and his great warm hands roamed over the curves and valleys of her back and sides. So elegant and strong, he murmured. When his exploring hand slid under a fold of her robe, his voice changed. And you are most interestingly naked under your robe. Most interestingly, she wants a baby and you don't have a lot of time. Of course, she came naked. Oh, wait, this is the reason that I chose this passage. It gets better. She ducked her head in embarrassment. One of the alarming pieces of maternal wisdom Delilah gave me was that very few men can resist a naked female body. Perhaps that's how she seduced my father, the dreadful duke. I'm sure this method was more reliable in her case, but I... I thought that if you were undecided, I could take off my robe just to make my humiliation complete if you still rejected me. Hmm? Yeah, yep, yep. She hadn't even had to drop her robe. Will laughed. There is truth in her words, but not the whole truth. Female nakedness is always interesting, but even more important is that the female be interesting. And you, little owl, are the most interesting woman I've ever met. Little owl? I'm not a little anything, she protested. A long and lovely owl? True, perhaps, but not as good as a pet name. He gently pushed her onto her back and untied the sash of her robe. You are a banquet, my lady, he said, his voice thickening. Strong and lithe and exquisitely female. And then they had sex. Oh, did what? He didn't yeah. reject her. She was only naked under that robe begging for a baby. Is I know you get a man. I mean, oh wow, yeah. Oh, I just understood the front cover. That's yeah. not a sword. <laughs> it's a baster to get a baby inserted. <laughs> no, it's more like sheath yourself and me. Did we do a content warning? We did not do a content warning at the beginning of this. Content warning. We <laughs> Sorry, talk we talk things. about things. Okay, anyways. You probably already <laughs> turned it off if you didn't want to hear about it. So, uh... Or you're turning it up if you really wanted to hear this. <laughs> I mean, as far as sex scenes go, the one that followed, like, seemed pretty tasteful. Yeah. 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 Nothing, like, wolves going out in the forest so no nothing like when they start like naming different parts of females anatomy yes like whoa yeah yeah or males anatomy 
Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's as bad. Not usually as bad. It's just when they start trying to find um, words to use as synonyms. Oh, yes. I hate it when they, when they talk about people purring, like, oh, right there, she purred. And I'm like, oh, like just for some reason, that word makes me cringe a lot. All the talking when they're about to have sex and when they're having sex, that's, I'm just like, this is weird. Yeah. I'm not a talker during sex usually. Not that everybody in the world apparently needs to know that about me. <laughs> Good we'll thing I've had it this week. <laughs> click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. So many edits. <laughs> no, but, oh, you know, I just realized if mm-hmm. she's part of the goddess clan and he's a dragon, they could have amazing sky sex. They, got, they could have sex on a cloud. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like this. I like where this is going. Because she'll have angel wings and he'll have scales. Yes. 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 I'd read this book. I read this book. I've read dozens of books like this. We just put them all (laughs) into one book. Yeah. It is the ultimate cliche. It'd be so funny if we wrote this book and then it turned out to be hugely popular. And they go back to this listening and they go, Oh, y'all made fun of us from the very beginning. And we're like, yes, because we are you. So because we are you, we are poking fun at ourselves. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note. Oh, oh I need to. Yes, my... please read the last oh, yeah. page. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> okay. Okay. Athena's eyes filled with tears. You don't despise me, she whispered. Why on earth would we want to do that? Her brother said as he offered his hand. It's more likely that you'd want to give us the cut. My father died several months ago and he was a most difficult man. I'm Castleton now and I learned of the existence of a half sister when I met my father's lawyers. The new duke shook his head. He treated you abominably. I hope you won't hold his behavior against Julia and me. Dazed, Athena said. I shall forgive the sins of your father if you'll do the same for the sins of my mother. I'm sure she was no blameless innocent in this affair. Then we are free to become friends. He gave her a warm smile, very like his sister's. I'm quite fond of the sister I knew about, so I welcome having another one. I never had a brother, but I seem to be acquiring several, several, your grace. She nodded toward Mackenzie, who was watching with quiet satisfaction. Please call me Anthony, her brother said, since your family. You're being so kind. Athena lost the battle with her tears and gratefully accepted the handkerchief Mackenzie handed her. That's because we take after our mother, who was a very kind woman, Julia said with a laugh. You must resemble your mother also, since we'll never would have married a woman who had a temperament like that of my late father. She touched Athena's hand. I must talk to Kiri because I want to see the baby, but may, but may Anthony and I call again tomorrow? We have so much to learn about each other. Athena whispered, I look forward to your call. I hope I don't prove disappointing on further acquaintance. 
You won't, Anthony said confidently before he followed his sister and brother-in-law across the room. Will materialized beside her and flipped his arm around her waist. Am I permitted to say I told you so about your welcome by my friends? She laughed. You're permitted. I never could have imagined that my father's other children would actually welcome me. How did that come to pass? Justin saw the resemblance and from what he, we knew of the late Castleton, the story was a good fit, Will explained. I wrote Randall and asked him to discuss your possible relationship with Julia. She and her brother had already learned that they had a half-sister, so they were delighted to locate you. Neither of them has much reason to be fond of their father, and I have noticed that different parents tend to make the children draw closer together. How very wise you are. She tilted her head against his, sure that his friends would forgive the impropriety of the gesture on the grounds that she and Will were newlywed. Wise and kind and handsome and very, very patient. Have I mentioned lately how much I love you? Will caught his breath. No, I don't believe you have. Startled, she looked into his eyes and realized that in her fear and defensiveness, she never actually said that she loved him. I'm sorry it's taken me so long to find the words, beloved, she whispered. I love you, body and soul, now and forever, till death do us part. And may that be at least 50 years in the future. Will gave her a smile <laughs> that took her breath away. Welcome home, my darling little owl. Finally, you are where you belong. With a flagrant lack of propriety, he kissed her. Aww. Aww. My little owl. My little owl. It's still... Maybe it's just me, but I don't find animal endearments to be all that endearing. But... I mean... Does your partner call you any kind of animal names? No. Mm-mm. See? What if he called you slothy? <laughs> you will now. <laughs> You're welcome for gifting you this name. Yeah, I mean, if he gets to this episode. Yeah. What would what would your partner call you? I don't know. He doesn't call me animal names. You know what? He did call me snake after I got my skin peel. <laughs> I called myself snake first. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. but other than that, no, I say honey a lot. I do that. I feel like that's pretty normal. Yeah. But owl. I feel like it was a, a pull. Like I need to think of something cute. Did they see an owl at night? Is that where it's coming from? Or did he just come up with the. Maybe here's what I think happened. They were on some sort of nighttime mission he couldn't see because his night vision sucks and mm-hmm. she had such amazing vision that he made fun of her and she said don't make fun of me i'm like an owl and he was like bing that's your new name and she was like and guess what here's a rodent <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was the night that she snuck into his room how'd you find your way here night vision like an owl and no clothes like an owl but I brought you a midnight snack and he's like oh sounds sexy she goes it is it's a dead cat (laughs) do you have that sword I gave you (laughs) (laughs) can you skin it oh my gosh it shouldn't be a cat it should be like a rat or something (laughs) the cat's traumatizing there's people out there right now but like not the cat not the cat in my book, he did eat a rat and he talked about it. <laughs> he was like, this is how we survive as soldiers. I am a wolf now. 
Oh, you did eat? Oh, the wolf man ate the Yeah, the guy. wolf guy. Oh, not our book. Yeah, I was, I was, book. yeah. We're the existential shifter. Yes, 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 yes. I almost didn't want to do it because I was like, oh, another shifter book. Like, they're all kind of the same. Nope. No, that's, nope. that's definitely Kafka right there. He is so involved in his head. Russian literature, it's so involved. Yeah, well, there's definitely some evolved, involved stuff here. Mm-hmm. It's midlife crisis all the time. Nobody's happy with their lives. Mm-hmm. Everything sucks. Everybody sucks. Yep. Here's the thing. If you're thinking about having a midlife crisis, just don't go to the San Antonio Zoo. That's what we learned from Lara's book today. Don't look at the wolves there. Don't, I mean, just to be safe, don't go to the wolf exhibit at a zoo. Do something better. Go to a koala exhibit. Or, I mean, choose the animal you want to be. You want to be a lion? Go see the lions. You want to be a wallaby? Go see the wallabies. You want to be a fish? Check out the fish. There are a lot of options out there. Hippos? Pandas? Pandas have a great time. Well, in the U.S., you're not going to find pandas unless you go, what, to the Washington, D.C. Zoo? San Diego Zoo. San Diego. There is a line just to watch it eat bamboo. Well, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And in the sex museum in New York City, they have a whole exhibit about panda porn. People are into these things. Oh, no, no. It was the pandas watched porn. So they knew how to mate with other pandas because they were kept in captivity. So, oh, panda porn, not human porn. I was like, no, no, wait, they watched what? panda porn. They, yeah, they watched they other pandas. You get pandas. a strap on. <laughs> You need the leather. Oh my gosh. Okay, when you're at this pool party with the other pandas. (laughs) I will say this. If you want to have an eye-opening experience, go to the sex museum. Like there are interesting things in there for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, on that note, (laughs) find a book, any kind of book and read it. And send your favorite excerpts to us. (laughs) Yes. Bye.